You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a bonus edition of the Attacking Scrum podcast, Rugby World Cup edition as well. Wales survive a scare against Fiji and we survive a scare because our remote recording software is not working. So hopefully the audio on this will stand up, but bear with us, we are trying to trying out something a little bit new here. So Dan Killick is down the other end of a phone line, hopefully not too crackly. How are you doing, Dan? I'm alright, Chad. Hanging on in there. Hanging on in Let's there. Let's see how this works out. Let's see how this works out. It sounded alright when we tested it a minute ago, and we've tried about 15 other ways. But uh, due to an update in Google's policy around recording phone calls, it's made our life a lot, yeah. a lot more difficult. So I'm not sitting on the throne. Oh. I just got to get out, get that out there now because I'm not in the toilet. What a way to start a podcast. Although I do. I do make a few phone calls usually on the toilet because they're a great. It's, it's you've got a bit of peace and quiet, haven't you? No wonder no one's buying houses off of you, mate. <laughs> right on that wonderful segue, let's uh, let's jump straight into it. And brilliantly, we asked some of our listeners for some questions, and rather than us kind of prattle on, I think it's it's probably best we we crack straight into those. Really, so let's start with this one from Win Griffiths. Considering Uruguay beat Fiji, how many key players will be rested? Don't expect a loss, but still want us to finish top. Start with that one, Dan. Yeah, I'd expect us to rest a, a strong number, really. I, I'm i confident that we, we've got to be confident to beat Uruguay, haven't we, with, a, with the second, second string side out. Saying that, I do think we'll need to play... A few of the, you know, a few of the players just to keep some form of continuity, building into, you know, the week after. Um, but 
yeah, I think we need to rest and wrap up a good number of the guys because that was a really physical encounter today, wasn't it? Well, it was a really physical encounter. There's no denying that. It was a really tough, bruising affair. We all know what Fiji can do in terms of the classic Fiji style, the offloading. There's plenty of that in abundance today, but it was a really physical performance from them too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was brutal. They are probably the best side, or they are the best unstructured attacking side in the world and we saw that didn't we very early on in the first 10 minutes and they got the offload game going you know it was an early error from us that that, that probably allowed them to get into that but I don't think we would have been able to stop the men away and yeah they were off weren't they off like a rocket and it was terrifying how much of today's performance do you think was down to Wales being a little bit sluggish to get going and how much do we really need to credit Fiji with their performance? I think we need to credit Fiji for that for that performance. They brought they brought a good game, didn't they? Got the offload game going and if they can get that going then they're going to cause trouble to any any side in the world and they were you know they were unplayable at at times, you know, Tuasovu and Radradra were, were fantastic. You know, just to name two of them, and which you, know, you named very well. I thought it was a decent start for you there, mate. Thank you. Um, yeah, when they play, when they play that type of game, it's 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 difficult, isn't it? I, you know, we we were in a real game there, and I think the way in which we came through it, came through it at the end, is uh, is, is gonna is gonna hold us in good stead. All right, let's build on that a little bit. In fact, you've you've led me on perfectly to this question from Ian Alexander. I know he's a regular listener, so cheers for this one, Ian says, how far can this squad go if they keep grinding out results? And at what point do they need to get into that next gear? Also, where is Killick getting his dapper clobber from? So we'll, we'll, we'll ignore, <laughs> the, we'll ignore the, the dress sense thing for a moment. But how, <laughs> how far can the squad get just by grinding out results? Uh, I would say that we can, get it, we can go well and, and certainly progress, but it, a lot of it's going to come down to injuries, isn't it? If, if, we, can keep the, if we can keep the squad fit then you know we should progress we should progress into the into the semi-finals and where we're likely to you know to face South Africa and you know from there you just never know do you you know I would say that we I would prefer the the route well I certainly prefer the the way in which the games have gone so far. So we've been tested, haven't we? We've had a, a big test against Australia. We've come through that. We've had another stern test today and showed real resilience to, to come through that game. So I think we're building very nicely. Quite quietly as well, we're going underneath the radar. But we've had... It's been a challenge to get out of this group. We've had a tough group and, and, we've, and we've delivered. So... I think everyone will be absolutely delighted in the camp, and I, I, I would have much rather a tight, a tight game today than than Wales put thirty points on Fiji because I don't think that would have benefited us at all. Really interesting, that actually, and that's something that Ben has tweeted in and asked us about. Is it better to have an intense battle like the Fiji and Australia matches, or to have an easy run like England? And obviously, you think it, it is better to have it this way. And do you know what, Dan? I'm in, I'm inclined to agree because you don't win World Cups just by showing up and blowing sides away you simply can't do that there are going to be times where you have to dig deep and the reality is is that we're three games out of three with Uruguay to play 
we've beaten Australia, which is the I think we said you know the first time we've beaten a, a Southern Hemisphere giant in a in a meaningful Rugby World Cup game. So there's lots and lots of positives, and the fact that we had to dig deep, but I don't think is is necessarily a problem. The other thing I'd say is that we've won those games without stringing together a flawless 80 minute performance. I think again there was concerns today about that third quarter in the game. And you've just got to back, back Wales to, to go out there and, and rectify these things when it really matters. Because they do say, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but they do say that it's a sign of a, of a good side is that they don't necessarily play that well and, and they still get the result. How much do you agree with that? I agree with, yeah, I agree with the vast majority of that. I think there's a, steel, there's a steeliness to us at the moment, isn't there? Where we're a very difficult side to beat. And even though I was... I was nervous at times during during this match, but I did. But at all times, I did feel like we were, you know, we were going to come through this. And I think that belief is there with with the players. And a, a, the reason why I really do feel that it's it's what's happened will hold us in good stead is you think you know Dan Bigger going off was a big moment and Patchell stepping in. It was. Again, a huge performance from him coming in, coming in off the bench in difficult circumstances, and he just weathered the storm fantastically. And and you could say guided us to that victory potentially. Mm. And it's those sorts of performances, those sorts of mental tests, that should help us moving forward. I mean, nobody can say with absolute certainty that 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 performance is going to mean that we're going to progress to the to the. You know, to the very last, you know, the very last stages, but it, it, it certainly can't do. You know, there can't be a negative from that, can there? There can only be a positive, and those players are going to be feeling great, and particularly him. Yeah, I agree. And something we mentioned earlier before we came on air that if you look back to how World Cups have been won in the past, and the one that sprung to mind was when England won in two thousand and three. Now you remember their their pool stages. They had an almighty fright against Samoa and Mike Cat came off the bench and steered them home. When they got through to the quarterfinal, they played Wales and we completely, what's the word, shocked them by coming out playing this really fast, free-flowing rugby, outscored them three tries to one, but in the end, they backed themselves with their kicking game and their forward power to get over the line and it did the job. And... It, it just strikes me, you know, if that had been, if we'd have been now in this social media world that we live in, people, have been, <laughs> people would have been all over that England side going, oh, Woodward doesn't know what he's doing. This side can't play. We were out, outscored by Wales 3-1. to one. And I think we find ourselves in a, in a similar position. I know I've drawn this parallel between that, that England side before when we were talking about the Grand Slam, but I do see similarities between this. this uh, I know some people see that as heresy, but... I do see there, there being this kind of this steely determination of, of getting the job done. We don't play glittering rugby like, like we have in, in years gone by, but we are very, very effective at getting results. And in World Cup campaigns, that is so important. We are extremely effective at getting results. And I think another huge plus point for us is that we're, our defence has really been tested against Australia and Fiji too superbly attack-minded sides that can cause any team 
uh, you know, huge issues. We missed 30 plus tackles in both the Australia and the Fiji game today. Mm. So that's uncharacteristic. That's that's rare for us. Yet we still found a way to win the games. And with our game has often been talked about as being a huge defensive effort, not yeah. letting anybody go past us. And we let okay, we're not letting sides go past us, but we've played against two sides. They've opened us up from great play from them. I don't think we there has been some sloppiness from us, but a lot of it has to be we have to give credit to Australia and I definitely feel that we have to give credit to Fiji. And we found a way to get the ball out wide, cause cause sides issues. And that's something that is giving me a lot of confidence in that we're, again, finding a way to win against probably what is a more traditional game plan for us, which is another good plus point. Yeah, I think, I think you're absolutely right. And there was, a couple of, there was a couple of close calls as well. You know, Josh Adams, Josh Adams could have had two hat-tricks tonight, really, the amount of chances yeah. that he had. So we're creating chances, we're taking most of them, which I think is very encouraging. But yeah, like you say, it's it's uncharacteristic for Wales to to make that many errors in defence. And I think I saw a, a statistic, and you know, Dan, I'm not a great one for stats, but something like 22 of those 30 missed tackles were in the first 20 minutes. And I think the the overwhelming thing is that Wales didn't panic in that scenario, and they didn't think, oh god, you know, they're they're just tearing through us here. They managed to regroup and get back in the game and keep the scoreboard ticking over. And that's the thing that impressed me so much is that whenever Fiji went ahead, there was no sense of panic. And like you said, I I didn't really feel like... It felt a bit hairy when we were 10-0 down, but I didn't really feel like we were going to lose that game today. And more often than not, as Wales supporters, <laughs> you do feel... In the past, we have felt like they're the kind of games that we would have lost. Yeah, totally. And And... Our bench has also made a difference in a number of these games and you could look at the bench and think, well, we're potentially a little bit light in places, but the bench comes on and seems to steer us through as well. And I like, I really like that side of, uh, of, uh, of the Welsh squad at the moment. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And the bench was definitely used today and it, and it had to be used because there's a bit of a... Uh, well, a couple of high-profile injuries. And we've had this uh, this tweet come through from Muchka, which says, who would be the biggest miss out of the potentially injured players? I've got a feeling I know what you're going to say, but go for it. So, out of the so we're, we're talking about Dan Bigger then. Uh, Bigger, Jonathan Foxy Davis. and Adams. And, and Adams. Oh, that's, a, that's a very, very tough question. I would say it's, it's very, very difficult. I mean, Jonathan, we're, we're a totally different side without him, aren't we? He's, mm. he's our he's our world class centre. Uh, arguably, get into to most world worlds world fifteens. He showed it again today, didn't he? Just when we needed that bit of class, he brought it, and it was just it's just beautiful to watch. Bigger though, you know, he puts those kicks in, doesn't he? On a sixpence, big hits. But you know, Patchell is playing well at the moment, so I'd probably say Jonathan over bigger at the moment. But it's a tough call. And then you say, then you could bring Adams into it. What a, what a you know what a find he's been for us over the last sort of fourteen months. He's our out and out try scorer, isn't he? Oh, he is. He, he finishes, and we've I 
think we've lacked a, an out and out winger, an out and out finisher for for probably ten years really, and he's 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 that and he's consistent. So Shane only retired eight years ago. Uh, and it feels like forever, doesn't it? It does. What I would say with Adams is I'll I was go with Jonathan. I was, yeah, I mean, yeah. Just to just to answer the question, I think you're right. I think he's the one who's irreplaceable. As as brilliant as Bigger is, and he is proving again what a Test match animal he is. I think the fact that we don't really have that that strength in depth in the centre berth at the moment. You know, I think Watkin. Uh, I think Watkin came on and, and did very well as he did at the end of the Australia game, but at the same time. Davis is world class, and that's the thing that that we're just not able to to replace. But just to build on on Josh Adams, the thing that really impressed me is he he had a horrible horrible start to the game. You know, he had bumped off for two tries. He knocked on when uh, when Jonathan Davis put him through with a a ball that, to be fair, was slightly in front of him. But he came straight back. You know, it would have been very easy to let that get to him and and knock that ball on for the first try he scored, but he took that with confidence and it grew and grew and grew and he put the he put the the mistakes of the early on in the game behind him. He did bounce back very well, yeah. And I was thinking he's gonna hate going in at half time here because Sean Mm. Edwards might be giving him the eyes. Um, but the winger he's up against, I mean to be fair, he that guy could have scored against almost any winger. It was it, he, he got his he got his head in the wrong position and he got bounced off. But I think that he's a difficult he's a difficult chap to to stop, isn't he? And with a name like Buff, can we forgive him? I think we can. Well, I mean, we can, we can forgive him. What I would say is, if you're going to win World Cups, and that's what Wales are out there to try and do. You're going to have to deal with with world class players, and that, and that includes the likes of someone the size of Tua Saver, someone with the class of Randranda. You're going to have to deal with it, and I, I thought North had a, a very tough time against Randranda in particular, and likewise, likewise Parks had a, a hard time. It was it was a tough day in defence for for those players. So while I think we're we're praising them for the character that they showed, there is a lot of work to be done in defence, and they can't really afford to make those mistakes again. Yeah, we are. Play- we have played against the two most dangerous sides in terms of the attack play, haven't we? They're, they're Australia and Fiji are at least, absolutely lethal in, a, in, a, in an attack. Um, so I don't think we'll see as. It seems harsh to say as poor defensive displays, but there was. I think by Wales' standards, it is. It is. It is by Wales' standards, yeah. We did drop off a number of tackles, but I just feel we have to give credit as well to some of the attacking play that, that, that we saw from Australia and Fiji and you know, playing against some of the other sides that are more direct and physical. We do typically we've liked that style of play, haven't we? So that's why we've got to we've got to fancy ourselves going into the uh, the latter stages, which again no none of us feel confident talking like that, do we? But 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 we have to really. All right, well, look, we've still got a couple more questions to go and we're going to be picking our team to face Uruguay and all of that will be coming up very, very shortly. Right, Dan, let's have a look at a couple more listeners' questions that we've had come in. This one's from Lewis Eldred. 
and really just kind of credits Fiji and says, if Fiji were included in the rugby championship competition, could you see them competing against tier one nations in the quarterfinal and semi-finals in the next Rugby World Cup? Yes, I could see that. They, they've got a better set piece now than they've had. And they're starting to bring some some structure, even though they hate structure. There's more structure than they than we've ever seen before. Um, I thought Vola Vola did a good job at ten. Yes, I mean, his goal kicking, did. and there was there were very tough chances actually. To be fair, from a goal kicking, but he did have more structure, I would say, than perhaps your traditional Fijian ten would have. It's a position that they've sometimes in the past struggled with and had other players filling in. I thought Vola Vola looked looked comfortable at that level of international rugby. Yeah, I thought it a decent decent game from him and. If they're playing against quality sides regularly, then there's no doubt that that they could progress to the to the you know the quarters and, and semis of of the next World Cup. They, they're the units, aren't they? Huge guys that have got freakishly good skill levels, and if they've got the right coaching and and they have some some structure or more structure than they've got, then of course they're going to be. Uh, a threat to a threat in world rugby. I would absolutely love to see it happen. To it would be brilliant. Yeah, the way that the way that they play. I, I'd say anyone who's who listened to our preview episode of Rugby World Cup will probably detect from my tone that I wasn't particularly worried about this Fiji side, to be honest. And particularly when they lost to Uruguay, I thought it was the same thing as as we'd had before. You know, a, a bunch of very talented individuals, but who lacked a bit of discipline, and and we were always going to beat them. And the reality is, I think there is there is the the base of something very very special with that with that set of players. It's still beyond me how they lost to Uruguay, but with more structure and more time against Tier One opposition, it would be absolutely fantastic to see. And you know, just imagine a rugby championship which they turned into a Six Nations with Japan on board and either Fiji or potentially some kind of combined Pacific Nations side. It would be fantastic to see. It would really add to that tournament rather than playing, you know, three rounds against against everyone. I, I think that would be a really good development personally. Yeah, I can't see many many fans not wanting to tune in to watch that. It'd yeah. be great. And you could have you could have a Fijian side even if, you know, the resources weren't necessarily up to it on on the Fijian patch, you could have one of them based out of based out of New Zealand because there's such strong expat support there. Ideally, it'd be great to see them built in, you know, to based in Fiji. But that would be something I'd love to see. Whether or not it happens, you know, I, I, I'm a some something more. I'm much more skeptical about that. But uh, it would be it would be great to see. And there's certainly the a, a sprinkling of true world class talent within that side. Yeah, he's hoping. Here's the hoping. Right, let us get on and talk about the side then that we would pick for the game against Uruguay. So again, this has come from Tom Harrison. 15 changes for Uruguay, or do we need a couple of starters to add some quality? What are you thinking about that game on Sunday? A couple of players that I would start in uh, the game after after Uruguay then, so hopefully that's that's going to be against France. I'd start Justin Tipperick. So you'd start him against Uruguay? I would, yeah. I'd okay. bring him in. Give him some game time. He'll 
you'll love playing against Uruguay I would have said Patchell yeah. to start at 10 well he has yeah so Bigger is definitely out of the Uruguay game so there's, there's absolutely no choice there and I'd, I'd start North as well I think he was very quiet today We've got to work on his confidence, and his confidence is going to going to be worked on by getting him on the ball a lot sooner than we've than we've been doing in the last few games. I, I want to see him coming onto coming onto the ball on the inside channels early on. Just quickly, and, while while we're talking about tens, though, we were definitely going to come back to North, but we've had a message from Reese Knott that says who's starting at ten versus Uruguay, Patchell and try and get the four quick tries or Hadley Parks to try and kick the leather off it and grind it out is there any part of you that would consider starting Parks at 10? No I wouldn't start Parks at 10 I'd go with Patchell and apparently uh, Halame uh, Moss has been used in training a lot slotting in at 10 he's looked comfortable he, we know he's a, fo- he's a footballer isn't he mm. in the back line I think it's very different training at 10 and playing at 10 but he is a really gifted guy isn't he so he, he could, I would say that he could do a job against Uruguay at 10 Alame Moss and well you'd start him or you'd have him there as cover I'd have him there as cover yeah, yeah. I'd start with Patchell and do, you, do you want to know what my back line would be yeah I would go with Thomas Williams starting with Alan Davis on the bench I would have Patchell at 10 I would have Hallam Amos at 12. I would have Watkin at 13. George North on one wing. Liam Williams on the other wing. And Halfpenny at fullback. Interesting. Hallam Amos in the centre. Yeah. I've, I've said, you know, I know you played the odd game for the Dragons there. And it usually in the midst of an injury crisis. But... I think he's he's a good enough footballer to play 12 against Uruguay and I really just think uh, presuming that Foxy is going to be is going to be missing even if it's as a precautionary measure that means Watkin has to come in. I think Parks could do with a bit of a rest to be honest. He's had a tough game. He's not the youngest fella in the squad. I think he could, and he's got a fractured bone in his hand. So the coaches will know better than me, of course, but I would be looking at having him on the bench as cover at 10 and in the centre. If we need to make it very direct at some point. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I like um, the fact that, yeah, you picked Halame Moss in the centre and then we've got two two receivers then, haven't we? And Patchell and, and Amos can switch around a bit Yeah, at, at 10 and 12 and we can probably cause them, cause them trouble out wide. We have to we have to back ourselves playing players out of position a little bit in this game. I think so. If we, we've got to, so yeah, I'd be I'd be happy with that. More than happy. All right. What what's your back line? What are you going with? Well, let's go with that. All right. I'm fair enough. Yeah. Nice. Okay. What about the pack then, Dan? Packs are the. I suppose the biggest talking point is the is the second rows and the back row, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Front row. Front row, we we you bring on the the boys that are, are currently the replacements, and they'll do a good they'll do a good job there, won't they? So Elliot D. Yeah, Carrie yeah. came off the bench today. Would you be tempted to start him? 
sorry, I lost you then, tempted to start. Carre came off the bench today. Would you be tempted to start him or would you be looking at someone with a bit more experience like Nicky Smith? I'd be perfectly happy with Carre starting, but you wonder whether Nicky Smith might want a bit of game time. Yeah, I'd be going Smith, I think. So with the experience of of Nicky Smith and thinking of the 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 next game which no one ever wants to talk about but I, I would start Nicky Smith in this and uh, uh, not that Carrie did anything wrong today though I thought he, thought he had pretty good scrimmaging performance actually when he came on OK and then tight head Dylan Lewis Dylan Lewis yeah OK second row second row so this is where it gets interesting hopefully Adam Beard's back we're working on the proviso that he is going to be fit and available so I think he I think he goes straight into that side yeah, him straight in, and I'd put Shingler in the second row in this game just to get some more game time into Shingler. Would you? See, I would go Bradley Davis in the second row with Beard. And well, then I, you put in Shingler in the back row. And I put Shingler in the back row. Like that. If Bradley's, if Bradley's out there for any game, it's this one. You know, as much as he is, as much as he's a great guy and has been a, a really solid, tremendous player for Wales for a very long time. He missed out on the original squad, and and I think this is exactly the kind of game that he can come in and do a job, get really stuck into it, smash into players, hit rucks, just go out there and and do a really really good performance for the team when Ball and and Alan Wynne Jones need need a bit of a a break. So for me, I would have that as a two proper second rows. Then I'd move Shingler into the back row alongside. Like that alongside I mean I'm quite happy start James Davis again I would start James Davis again but I'm quite happy if you wanted to start Tipperick just as a bit of experience on there and then I'd have Moriarty at 8 I'd be tempted to start to to put Tipperick and James Davis in if we're having Shingler in there as well just run the the three of them I know we haven't got a who's playing at 8 in this one just Tipperick Tipperick slot in 8 right it's tempting to slot Tipperick in at 10 but it is you know. I know <laughs> it is yeah I, I, see, I think I think Moriarty I think he needs a rest he put in some I just in a big game got, today I thought I know you I can't imagine you him ever saying I need, well I can't imagine him ever saying he needs, a, he needs a rest but he put in some big hits didn't he I did think that at some point we could maybe Aaron Wainwright could have come on earlier and where we needed some some fancy footwork and a player that doesn't make any mistakes. There's never a card that's going to come from his his way at all. I would have liked to have seen Wainwright come on just after the halfway mark. But to be fair to Moriarty, I thought he had a big a big last last twenty minutes from sixty to eighty where he really he really showed up and put in some huge hits and got through a lot of work a mountain of work a couple of silly pens in there but you always expect that with him but so yeah I'd, I'd give him a rest in 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 the Uruguay game but have him on and have him on the bench and go with with, with Tipperick at eight that can can definitely do a job against mm. Uruguay at eight yeah yeah I'm sure, I'm sure he can I'd be I'd be tempted to start Moriarty and and give him kind of 50 minutes but uh, yeah I appreciate it and do you know what it is that it is that game that players are just going to have to fill in the, the old four day turnaround is, is a tricky one and to be honest I think we're fortunate that we go into this game with qualification guaranteed now obviously you, you still want to top the group but we know that we're getting through to the quarterfinals it's mathematically impossible to go out now and the four day turnaround is against the weakest side in the pool 
So really, I think you've got to back the squad to go out there and a few players are going to have to do a job out of position. As anyone who's listened to this podcast will know, generally speaking, we're not massive fans of making wholesale changes, but when you've no, got... No, but this is... It would be silly to, to do anything other than that, wouldn't it? And players aren't going to, are going to be playing out of position in this game. It, it's, it's a given. But... I would, I can't. I, it's the right call to. It's the right call to make, isn't it? I agree, and that's all that matters. Fair enough. All right, then we would pretty much, pretty much brings us to a conclusion. I suppose the only outstanding question is where are you getting that clobber from? <laughs> well, I keep an eye out for the next, for the next instalment. Now there'll be a few photos coming through from Saturday. All right, so keep keep an eye out. And who did you get mistaken for this week? <laughs> I knew you'd want to get this in. <laughs> so this is genuine now. I was on the phone in the office and a lady popped in and I remained on the phone and she, she walked up to uh, our office manager and uh, I heard her say, is that Freddie Mercury there? <laughs> and... Yeah, she was she was being genuine. Um, so, yeah, that I, I must admit my phone call came to an end, but I, I actually I did pretend to stay on the phone. I bet um, you did. I, you, yeah. you weren't geeing up your uh, geeing up your sales team like Freddie Mercury at Live Aid, really. I am now. Mate, I can imagine I can I, imagine you going in and, and doing that just to get the uh, get the sales force hammering the phones. The thing is, when I look in the mirror now, as I'm doing right now, I can see a bit of Freddie Mercury in there. So she's 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 onto something, I think. But yeah, so it was, it's been an eventful week, and the office was rolling around in laughter with that one. I like and that. Probably a lot. will do. For, will do for some time. I'm sure they will. And if Wales were any Queen song right now, hopefully it'll be "Don't Stop Me Now," and we'll carry on plowing through sides, getting the result done. Keep going. Keep going. That's what that's what we want. And uh, yeah, we'll be back on Sunday to bring you the reaction to the Uruguay game. And looking forward to a quarter final. Hopefully, hopefully as a result of topping the group. But we will know that by Sunday, uh, Monday, as you are listening to it. Uh, thanks for all the feedback we've had lately. It's been uh, been great. Glad you're enjoying the shows. And, of course, thanks to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. And, uh, yeah, make those early morning starts that a little bit easier with a big pot of So Coffee. And you can do that by going to socoffeetrades.co.uk. Right, Dan and I will be back later on in the week and we'll have another podcast out for you on Monday thanks for listening and we'll speak to you soon Sports Social Podcast Network